This is the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast, where we explore how to live a lifestyle of discipleship to help you grow in the everyday moments of life. I'm Josh Havens. And I'm Chris Lamberth. The teacher in Ecclesiastes wrote, For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven. He has made everything beautiful in its time. God created you to live your life in rhythms. Sometimes that may mean focusing on parenting for a few months, and sometimes it may mean taking a break from everything to focus on your relationship with God. The key is to follow the leading of the Spirit as He guides you in those rhythms. In this chapter, I get to talk to Evan about some of the rhythms that he has created to manage his own life. And that's because rhythms have the potential to be very powerful for helping us develop in our spiritual lives. First, I wanted to know how he developed his first rhythm. And then I wanted to know how that rhythm has changed over the years through the different life stages that he's gone through. And so I think this conversation is really beneficial for helping us develop a lifestyle of discipleship because a rhythm helps us develop our spiritual lives in such a way that we don't fit Jesus in around the edges, but we make him the center of all that we do. Okay, Dr. Howard, so how did you develop your first spiritual rhythm? I think maybe it was a video, one of your videos we were watching on, on rhythms, and you said, you know, like sometimes if, uh, you know, you work on a ranch, if a tree falls and it breaks a fence, you might have to spend some extra time that week doing manual labor. But then as soon as that week's over, you then, the, the rhythm of that is you go back and you spend maybe a little bit extra time in study and in prayer and in contemplation. Talk to us a little bit about how you have developed your rhythms. How did you maybe first set out and write that, that first calendar on rhythms, and is it all that much different from what you do today? Yeah, there's a, there's a bunch in there. A couple of things. Number one, yeah, what I wrote in the beginning, you know, when Sherry and I first you know, started thinking about this, when we first got married, is way different than what we're doing now. And intervening those years is two children as well. <laughs> so, um, I mean, in times we lived in uh, inner cities, in times we lived in suburbs, and now we're in the rural environment. So our geography changes, our responsibilities change, our the ways that we make money change, our key relationships. So, I mean, we're now at the age of beginning to take care of elderly parents and um, that has it's it's very different than taking care of preschool children. Each has its own thing. So the key things for us over all of that period of time, I think I would say maybe three or four different elements were important. Number one is being intentional. And, and that says like, oh, I want to plan to live a life to God. And that means that I need to think about how my day is structured. Um, I mean, this is whether I have an eight to five job or whether I'm totally free on my own. Either way, you have to ask how this part of the day is going to glorify God with my life. So that's the first thing is to be clear about intentions, use of money, use of relationships, key uh, practices that you might have. I mean, all of those sorts of things are important. The next thing then is regular reflection. Sometimes people use the word self-examination. 
you know, we're either at the end of a day or end of a week or whatever it might be. I look back and I say, how did that go? You know, I made an intention. Did I fulfill that intention, you know, my prayerful intention or not? And why? And how does that work? And then the third thing is accountable relationship with someone else. I have been in, well, since I moved to Montrose, I ended up meeting a guy who was, he owned an auto parts store and he listened well and he loved his children and he was a prayerful man and he was older than I was. And I asked him, could we meet regularly and I can just talk to you about my life and I can tell you how I use my money and what I look at over the internet and we can just be accountable and we can share and you can ask me any questions you want, you know, that sort of thing. And I told him about my rhythm. And so we would regularly rehearse that rhythm. And it took years and years, well, years to, to, to fall into a rhythm that actually worked really nicely. And that was because of those three elements and one more that I call play. It required me to experiment or, frankly, to play, you know, to pile the Lego blocks up and then to see if they hold or not, you know, you know, uh, whether they all fall down and to experiment with this rhythm or that rhythm. Or I would take notes on, you know, for there was a time where I recorded like every 15 minutes or every half hour of a day, you know, what did I do? But then sooner or later, ultimately, we fell into something a number of years ago that worked. And I realized, oh, I don't need to have every Tuesday the same because some days I'm going to be at the ranch. I need to have this kind of flexible, intentional, well-examined, accountable balance of things. And, and that's when it worked. There's not a one-size-fits-all approach. And, and that's what I love so much because I tend to want to make it very systematic. And it sounds like some of your first attempts were, were doing that. So I relate because <laughs> I'm struggling to do that myself, right? But I love what you say about play and examination. How often would you come back and examine whether or not your rhythm was working? Was this like a once a week thing or a once a month thing that you would do? Um, for me, what worked. And again, it works. This is not a one size fits all thing. Everybody is different. For me, what worked was small reflections at the end of each day that were more almost mathematical. Uh, I, I fall asleep really easy at the end of the day. So I could, I'm not a journaler, you know, that writes these big long things at the end of a, end of it. And that's not me. So all I could do is record you know, what kind of things did I do and how long? Um, and I even had abbreviations for it because it would take less time. Then when I met with Koki uh, each week or every few weeks, then I would recount that. But it's not just a matter of did you do it or not with some kind of finger wagging, if you know what I mean, where Koki stood over me and said, ah, you didn't do it, you know, um, you know that kind of a thing. It was more like, what did you do? How did it go? And what do you think we can do to improve this so that it gives greater glory to God and is appropriate to you? You know, that was the question we would ask constantly. And we still do. And then the third thing was I, I take regular retreats. Um, once a month, I go for a day away um, into a private place. And some of that day, 
I don't do it every month, but like once every few months, maybe once a quarter, once every six months, I review that a bit more thoroughly. Okay, how has this been working? What would happen if we rescheduled this way? Or, you know, I know that, you know, now I'm going to start teaching here. I've got to rework this. Or, oh, I've got a book I, I contract. And so I need to make room for that. Or this new relationship has come up. And so, so every once in a while, I review the whole, if you know what I mean. Thank you, Dr. Howard, for giving us a little bit of an insight into your processes and how you created your own spiritual rhythms. It's important to recognize that we may not get this figured out right away. Instead, we need to rely on God's grace to carry us through those times when we're playing or experimenting and trying to figure out exactly which rhythms work for us in our context and in our own lives. Thanks for listening to the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening at Daily Growth, go to dailygrowthdiscipleship.com and subscribe for free or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Then check out the next chapter in our conversation where Evan unpacks what he means when he says, spiritual formation is a discerning art.